Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,553. This is part two of a two-part show with Kevin Buckler. Today, we're going to focus on Adobe Road Winery, so sit tight. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and very excited to share with you today the second part of a two-part talk with racer Kevin Buckler. He's calling in from the winery tasting room there at the Adobe Road Winery in Petaluma, California. We're going to have a little fun because this show is going to be a little different than your traditional Cars Yeah show. Today, we're going to enjoy some very fine wine. Kevin Buckler is the founder and CEO of the Racers Group, known as TRG, and Adobe Road Winery, and he's a professional race car driver and team owner. Adobe Road has become one of the darling boutiques producers coming out of Sonoma and Napa counties and has received over 30-plus scores from the Wine Spectator and Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. Kevin and the team conceived and launched a new wine brand called The Racing Series with an unbelievable response. The Racing Series are four amazing California blend wines from Napa and Sonoma that feature cutting-edge packaging, technology, and all-around a motorsports theme. And if you missed my talk yesterday with Kevin, be sure to go back and listen because we learn about his racing career and TRG. It's a fascinating story. But today, we're going to enjoy some very nice wine. Sit tight. We'll be right back. But first, a word from our special sponsors that make Cars Yeah! possible. We'll be right back. What's your vehicle's worst enemy? No, it's not that bird that sits on that branch just above your car waiting for his chance. It's the sun. But don't worry, Covercraft has you covered. Their sunscreens are a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to protect your dash from the sun's harmful UV rays. And they keep the interior of your vehicle way cool. Covercraft makes a wide variety of custom-fit sunscreens for almost any car that exists, They offer a wide variety of custom-fit sunscreens in a variety of colors as well for you to choose from. They're fast, easy to use, they fold up quick, and they store under or behind your seat and take about five seconds to install or remove. I have a Covercraft sunscreen in all of my vehicles, and you should too. And I've got a deal for you. Order online at Covercraft.com and use the code yeah 120 and get 10% off your order. That's code yeah 120 Y-E-A-H, 120 at Covercraft.com. They've got you covered. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or if you have 200 in your garage. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free. And I've got a couple very cool offers. One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code CARSYEAH. That's right, 50% off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine, and use the code BSH, you get $10 off. That's right, $10 off. Why BSH? Well, 
That's the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars Yeah website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app, or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's Buy, Sell, Hold, the essence of collecting. Hey, Kevin, welcome back to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. Back at my desk. I got that uh, got that Recaro chair here, <laughs> right up, pushed up close, and uh, green flag, man. All right. Buckled down tight. Well, yesterday on Cars Yeah, we talked about your racing career, your passion for automobiles, your history, your incredible success running the Racers Group. As we continue on this journey that your life is about, today we're going to venture from the racetrack to the vineyards. So I want you to start with a little kind of start up here about the winery what you're doing there, and uh, maybe where you guys are located. So grab the wheel. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, we started the race team in 92 here in Northern California, and it's a, it's a wine culture here. I said I was in the car culture in Southern California, but right up here, you know, people are, seem to be have a lot of opportunities to do a little bit more than just go tasting on the weekends, and I did. I joined a little club. It was funny. It was a, a group of guys and wives, and we, uh, we had a guy that was, uh, uh, had a barn out here in Petaluma. We would buy some grapes from uh, one of the growers here. We, we, we weren't cutting any corners. Either. It wasn't like we were trying to make you know, cheap wine. We just had fun, so everything we did, since it was so small, we did premium. Yeah. We bought a barrel's worth of Cabernet. We had a barrel's worth of Zinfandel, and we had about a barrel's worth of Pinot. That's it's about 25 cases going in a, in a barrel. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, we'd finish the wine off, give it away at Christmas, have some fun with it. But it really got me hooked. Eventually, I bought those guys out one by one because they're just, uh, you know, and then my very practical life, you know, gives you the hairy eyeball. Huh? <laughs> like once you own it, you have to feed it. It's kind of like a yeah. race team or a, yeah. or a, or a whore, racehorse, you know, or a yacht. And so, yeah, we had to start figuring out what to do quickly. And uh, in 2002, 2003, we took the wheel um, of, the, of the entire winery and started driving it forward. Wow. So we're located right now in, in Petaluma, California. Yeah. And Petaluma is sort of the gateway to the wine country because when you come up across the Golden Gate Bridge through Marin County to Ron Sausalito stuff, and then you enter Sonoma County, the first city you'd hit would be Petaluma. You used to drive by it, but not anymore. They went through a huge economic redevelopment. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, we our other business is located here. And uh, we saw it coming. And so it's like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to ever jump into the wine business, jumping in up into no- Napa or Sonoma just doesn't make any sense when Petaluma has become kind of the Austin, Texas of Napa Valley. Right. And uh, we bought a piece of property here five years ago. And after a long process, we were about to break ground on what might be one of the most epic uh, winery projects going right now. And that's a big word to say, but um, we got this. This is an incredible story. I think this is pretty cool. It's one of those dream stories. A lot of people have this dream of, oh, we'll start a winery. And then they get into it. And like you said, big, hairy eyeball, like, what have we gotten ourselves into? Exactly. Let me t- or, or let me ask you this. Tell us about the passion that you and your team there have behind making special wines. Where did this come from and what does it mean to you? The wine business in general is a lot is maybe a lot different than my other business in the sense that everybody is a you know a little more laissez-faire, just get everyone kind of does their thing. Very competitive, I'm sure, at the top of the big companies and the ones that are going through acquisitions and things before our little crisis here. Mm-hmm. But you know, when we got involved, and I looked at you know, gosh, not only do I love the business, but I'd like to see if we can take it to the next level. And as, as a small boutique winery, you've got to find your way. And is that going to be through? mail order, direct to consumer, you know, mail, wine clubs, all that type of stuff. 
But if you're really going to grow, you're going to eventually need to be involved in what's called the three-tier system, which is the distributor market. So you have to go and make a deal with every distributor in every state and bang on their door till your knuckles are bloody because they're, they're dealing with bigger, more profitable wineries all the time. So it's really a tough yeah. uh, road to hoe. And it, again, so similar to racing that you finally get to the point where you've got the snowball at the top of the hill and it's about to start rolling. And it just takes a long time to get there. And we're right there right now. It just, you know, combination of Adobe Road from scratch went, we're about 7,000 uh, cases. Uh-huh. Uh, we have about, about 20, about 1,200 members total in our wine club, which is a big part of what we do. Wine club is like is in, in inner sanctum to us. It's, um, we take care of the wine club members in every way. All the special little things we do, we do with them. But also, we started a new brand, and that's the, what you had sitting in front of you. You know, watching what's happened in the in the wine world, where you know, a young guy started a cool brand around a story. Like a good example is the Prisoner. You know, the boy, those guys just grew, grew, grew. Great advertising program with a witness protection program. Everyone thought it was cool, <laughs> cool label. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, sold the company for almost $300 million. And that's happened many, many times in the wine business recently. So, um, you know, I'm looking at kind of like talking to one of the key people in, in, the, in one of the agencies. And they said, you guys don't need us. You have a story. Yeah. Play it on your motorsport story. And then it stays with the authenticity part of it. And so we did. Yeah. We said, let's do what we love. Let's do something with wine around racing. And we designed a brand new brand of wines called the Racing Series. And all of the bottles are, like you'd mentioned very kindly, cutting edge packaging technology, really cool bottles and labels. Yeah, so yeah. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there for you. But the labels are, are the special part. Well, we're going to talk about that in a second. Now, your wines receive a consistent score of 90 plus points, which is really, really fascinating. Very, very cool. Tell me about your team that you have there at Adobe Road Winery and your winemakers. Sure. So as part of the same sort of mantra that we brought over from the racing team, we have a, we have a meeting here every Tuesday, and I call it the wine team competition meeting. <laughs> because especially in the old days of running the NASCAR and the sports car team, we always had a meeting on Monday morning called the competition meeting. Now we do one on Tuesday for the winery called the competition meeting. Nice. But I want everyone to come to the meeting with a little more, you know, call it front edge of your skis. You know, everyone comes with new ideas. Our tasting room manager and his staff, they go through how the week was. Uh, there's four of them. And I've got the winemaker and his, his assistant winemaker. You know, what are we ha- doing? When's the next bottling? What are your challenges? You know, I'm in the room trying to be, what can I do for you guys? Yes. Marketing team talks, social media talks, finance, my wife talks. And we kind of take about an hour. We really nail it. And then we put some, you know, some edicts, mantras, things down on the table that we want to accomplish in the next week. Yep. Try to follow through. But I really keep everyone on task that way. And the funny part is when we were we were raising some money with investors, I had invited several of the people to attend these meetings. And they these are, you know, solid business people and they understand stuff. And they sat through the meeting and saw the kind of the intensity of the team. And they looked at me and they said, do you think a lot of other small wineries are having meetings like this right now? And I said, nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I, I said, joking, I, I said, I want to pop my head up around and look at the other small wineries. I go, I think we can take them. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of a funny thing we say, but my winemaker uh, is awesome. It was six years ago, realizing that was probably the beginning of what was most important is, is good wine. If I'm going to keep saying, you know, we're, we're the real deal, we're all authentic, you can say it all you want, but you got to prove it. And so the 90-point scores were really big for us because uh, those are the two big publications. We don't go to some, you know, restaurant guy that scores it and you get those. Those are real. Some people say scores don't matter, but of course they do. They've recognized oh, yeah. your wine, your little little small brand. Right. And uh, he and I make magic together. It's really funny. It's like a good 
player coach relationship or, you know, Chad Knauss, Jimmy Johnson. It's, um, I have a good palate. Um, I've got a big wine cellar and I travel a lot and I know what the critics are thinking. I, I just understand that end of the business. What, what a good red blend, what a good GSM is supposed to taste like. Right. He, on the other hand, I, I, but I don't make wine and I don't have those technical skills. He, on the other hand, is a fantastic winemaker, very much in touch with the vineyards, the growers, all the things that can make a difference in creating a barrier product. And then he plugs in really well with me. We collaborate really well. We're, we're better together than ever we'd be apart. That's all part of a teamwork. And it's amazing how these do dovetail together the idea of seeking investor sponsors. I mean, that's what racing is all about. Having all the right teammates, all the right people who can do the things from mechanics to designers, engineers, drivers. Absolutely. And of course, the vehicle. So, I mean, all these things kind of work together. Let me ask you this. What's your favorite thing about the being in the wine business? For sure, the people that we meet. Yeah, um, I used to say, uh, I'd stand up at a dinner, I'd be in uh, Indiana at a, at a wonderful country club, and you know they had me up for wine dinner, and you know, we'd get to, you know, two hours in front of the group, and I, I'd tap the glass and say, you know what, guys, truly the profit in what we do is the people that we meet and the yes. relationships that come along with it. Now, for us, the profit is definitely changing. Our new brand and the new facility are going to knock it out of the park for me and my awesome group of investors. I got a bunch of car guy investor partners, which yeah. is super cool. Big brothers on the playground. It's like an extra strategy. <laughs> so um, both worlds just put me in places where I'm in front of such wonderful people and, and some of them turn into really great relationships. And we're, you know, we're totally, again, we put all that in front of everything else. It seems like if you do, good things will follow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of your investors, Stuart Sobek, is a past guest here on Cars. Yay! So, yeah. Awesome. I, I posted some uh, pictures of when I received your wines uh, yesterday, did a nice little short video, uh, and I tried to make everything look beautiful, which was easy with these things in this box and these bottles. I uh, posted them up on social media, and Stuart popped in and uh, was talking about That's the wine. Funny. So, yeah, very, very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit more, because we teased the listeners here about this racing series, and I want to encourage you listeners, you can go find a video I posted up on my uh, Facebook page, a Twitter page. I put it up there. I'm going to put it up there again when this show goes live so you can see what we're talking about. And of course, I've got links to the website, Adobe Roads. You can go there and see these things. But I'll tell you something. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your skirt here, Kevin. I pride myself in liking very nice things and realizing the importance of design and packaging because I did that for many, many years in my career. This arrived and I opened it and it just knocked me back on my heels. And it reminded me of a couple things I'll share here before I have you go into depth about how you developed this. When you get an Apple product, the box itself is something you just don't even want to throw away. It's so special. It feels special. And friends of mine that work at Apple have told me the engineering and the design that went into just that box was over the top. You you did it with this. Then when you lift the top and you look at the bottles and I don't know how you did these labels. I mean, they're three-dimensional. On the red line bottle, the tack uh, arm swings back and forth. The Daytona <laughs> looks like a Daytona watch that came off the risk of a Daytona winner. Um, it's insane. So tell us more about the racing series because, again, I'm just sitting here flabbergasted. It, I want to order another set so that I can keep one unopened because it's so precious. You're so kind. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, indeed. So like we talked about on the other show, um, you know, having trying to find a competitive edge, whatever it is, you know, those endurance races where we realized we could do, we could do it or any number of things. I knew when we were coming out with this product, I knew there was a place for it. There's always a seat at the table for excellence, like I said before. But the wine business is tricky. It's it's very it's more than people know. And just like if you come into racing for the first time, wow, this whole industry is deeper 
and harder than I ever expected. The wine business is the same thing, maybe even more, because there's so much money involved, so many big players, and so many people to drink wine. So you've got big companies, a million case wineries, and you've got little guys, which, and the problem is, it's so similar to racing in that some of those little guys happens to be a guy that just sold his tech company for a fortune, mm-hmm. and he's making some wine right now. So he brings in the best resources. Yes. Where we beat him is bringing the team together and doing a better job and making good decisions. Yeah. This was to us was a was a no brainer is that we're going to play into our motorsports hand, which was always um, hopefully excellence delivered was our mantra for a long time. But I had a chance if we're going to get wine in front of people that are this people, your listeners, and we have one chance to blow them out of the water, and it's going to be you know doing something spectacular. So it took two years to do all that. We didn't want to do an average label. We didn't want to do an average bottle. So everything I try to do it's be something where you go. <gasps> and so the first four, <laughs> the two more coming was each of those wines. And it started with the wine. You know, we did a really cool blend with the red wine in keeping with that kind of sweet spot of a $40 red blend. Mm -hmm. And then we tested it with an older label before, but I was really underestimated the value of those metal labels and how much people really uh, enjoyed them and buying them, of course. And so finally, we put the new metal label on the red wine, and it is a little tachometer. It's got a little red needle in it. And we tip it to pour it, it pours into the tips into the red. Took a while to get that right, but we got it right, and we did 3,500 cases of that wine. Wow! And then the second one we did was called Shift. That one has, you know, from the old vintage cars that I love, a mid '60s, late '60s gated Ferrari shifter, and it literally, you can look it up. That is that shifter right there. And I had the guy that did it with me, that's a label expert. We were way outside the um, the window of how big (laughs) of a label he could put on the bottle. That thing's pretty big, bigger than a deck of cards, you know. But, uh, you know, adhesive technology is uh, a challenge, but, you know, you got to know some good guys at 3M that will help you out a little bit. And so, um, you know, we were able to design it. We got the little screws, like, looks like, you know, they're actually I know. They're etched in there. A little carbon fiber. And then the top, that was the hard part. We did a little actual five-speed shifter. So it's got a little five-speed <laughs> so shifter cool. knob. And I yeah. always joke, you know, you sit, you go to dinner and uh, you, you watch the two couples and a couple of the dudes or even the gals nowadays are fighting over who gets to keep the shifter. <laughs> oh, well, I can imagine. Now, let me ask you on that bottle, on the shift bottle, uh, what's the the name of that shape of bottle? Because it, it almost looks like a, a port bottle or it's very yeah. elegant looking. I don't know the formal name of it, Garrett, our winemaker would, but it's very unique. Um, yes. And it does kind of strike your eye. Even without the label, the bottle catch your eyes. Almost like the shape of the bottles were important, but they got kind of lost. Yes. And then that wine got a 93 plus from Robert Parker, which, you know, people think you're going to make a wine like this and you're going to have some fun with the label. It looks, it's not kitschy if you can back it up with the wine. And yes. we did. And so that's why that was a big success for us. Um, and that yeah. was our, I was uh, fortunate enough, I was on a really fun week with with our agency in New York. And I mean, things I dreamed about. I mean, I got to have dinner with the Forbes guy and he wrote a great story. We had the next day at the Wall Street Journal, they wrote a great story <laughs> and I was leaving and they said, no, you got to stay. You're going to be on uh, Fox Business Mornings with Maria tomorrow morning. Oh, Maria cool I'm like, I'm there. So I had to get myself kind of set up. I did a little 5 a.m. run uh, in Manhattan <laughs> and I cleared my head and sat down and did a show with them on She's Holding Up the Bottles and it was fun. That is cool. Well, next up is the 24. Of course, a dedication to the 24-hour races, endurance races. And as I said, this one has a three, it looks like a Dayton, Rolex Daytona watch on the front. It's it's a relief. I mean, looks like I could peel it off and put it on my wrist and get away with <laughs> I'm wearing a fancy watch. 
Well, it does, and it, yeah, the this particular blend, and I, I missed it. The shift was a is a Zinfandel Barbera Grenache, so it's very Italian varietal fruit forward. I call it my favorite pizza wine, uh, <laughs> no oak, and it's just different. This this blend is a, called a GSM, and you hear people say it a lot. It's Grenache Syrah Muvedra, and now people use that term GSM a little bit ubiquitous. They'll say it for any blend that might have some of those varietals in it, but properly it has those three varietals. This one has a little bit of Malbec, so we call this. GSM. GSM squared because it got two M's in it. <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, we made a little, had a little fun with it because this is difficult to make. It's like a Pinot. And so when you think about for us, the challenge of the 24, this was a challenge. And so we put the two together. Every one of these things have a couple meanings to them. Mm-hmm. And for that year, and you see that picture inside the box, talk about the giant killer. I mean, we went to Daytona in 03, knowing we could do it because we won in 02, but never thinking we could win the race overall because that never happened. But with a perfect storm, we had perfect <laughs> strategy and yeah. basically followed the no mistake strategy and made no mistakes drove the wheels off that car for 24 hours and we ended up winning a race overall. And so that's the only time you get a gold Rolex back in the old days. Next vintage, uh, we are doing it currently producing. It will have a stainless Rolex on it. And, it will, and it's not a Rolex. I can't say Rolex. It will have a stainless We understand. We don't want to get any trouble with them. Yeah, chronograph. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Stainless chronograph. And it will have a stainless shifter on the top. So we're going to upgrade new modern technology going in. But that's a, that's a delicious wine. The, the ladies tend to like that one a lot. It's got a very... Uh, floral, effeminate sort of a nose to it, and um, uh, but a really great wine. Awesome. And then last but not least, uh, one of the most important parts of racing is apexing a corner. So the apex, mm. tell us about that. Absolutely. The apex is our pinnacle. That's a $78 cab killer blend. Um, and I say cab killer because someone that will go out and, you know, like big, the big boys that are, you know, $100, $200 bottles of wine. That wine is competes with anything in the marketplace, and I hear that from a lot of people, even before they look at the package. So we did a little metal curbing, if anyone knows, Laguna Seca turn four, kind of that right-hander right oh, there. That's yeah. kind of what it looks like. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's like running up on the rumble strips and hearing the yep. you know, uh-huh. inside unloaded wheels. And uh, we had some fun with this. We're just about to launch some new, uh, doing a little double entendre with the QR codes. So when you hit it, it has an it immediately flashes up me driving in car and you know loud and violently down onto the curbs, <laughs> and then it immediately flips over to very stoic, very quiet. And there's Garrett, my winemaker, saying, "And here we are in the winery using the apex of technology, taking the best grapes." And that's what it was. I told, I gave Garrett the only edict I gave him was, uh, "You just use a Cabernet-based blend, 50 percent or more, and anything else you can do to make the best wine you can." And that's what it was. So that's uh, that's got a little Syrah. It's got a little Cap Franc in it. Uh, it's just delicious. Really good. And then the box is a whole other story. So that's the, the last part would be the box. Well, so yeah, absolutely. I want you to get me a link to that little story you just shared so I can put that on your show notes page so people can watch that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about this box because, again, I, I mentioned this to you when I called you yesterday and said, this is blowing me away. I mean, you can't throw the box away. There, there's no way. This is, <laughs> you know, but then if you use it as a gift, some guy's going to open and go, where's the damn wine? You drank it all, uh, you know, but tell That's me about, funny. yeah, tell me about this box because this is, again, just killer. I'm not sure if we if we uh, charged in, into new ground or we shot ourselves in the foot because <laughs> it is, it, it's just like the bottles. I'm afraid, like some people say, I don't want to drink them. Or I say, drink them, and they say, well, I don't want to throw the bottle away. So actually, I think it's working. But, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Each of the bottles comes in a branded 12-pack. So like when we're selling wine at Total, and you look up on the shelf, and above where the wine is, there's a stack of boxes with a big tachometer on it, and you're a car guy, you're probably going to go look at it. Yeah. So each of those wines have a it's black, in, you know, black enamel box with a, with a clean look of each of the labels on the outside. 
But then we did a little gift. I was doing a little gift box, just kind of choosing my creative juices, thinking, you know, I bet you, God, there's so many people in our world that I would either love to give or someone would love to gift. You know, you know, guy says, oh, my God, I'll buy 10 of these for my clients. Right. And so that's how it started. But, you know, we were doing business overseas, and they wanted a minimum order of 500. And I'm like, Ugh, I don't yeah, want to do I understand. And again, my wife's like, you can't do 500. So anyway, we, we did it. We did 500. And then we did 500 more. And five hundred more, and five hundred more. We have another. We have a. We have a stack. I'll send you a photo if you'd like to post. I have a stack of what just came in off the ship. I have six hundred more sitting in the back of the race shop, and it's taken up a huge. That's a lot of the, a square footage. Yeah. But it's been a big hit. That four pack racing series has been really cool. People enjoy it, and I'm glad they enjoy. We're getting some good coverage on it. And then um, we are adding a fifth and a sixth wine here coming up. We're doing um, a white wine, a dirty, a dirty Rhone varietal, several white. Rhone varietal, which would be fun. We haven't yeah. named it yet. Uh-huh. We do have a little naming process in our competition meeting. It's really funny because uh, I got this new wine coming up, which is um, going to be a Malbec Petite Syrah Petite Verdot. So it's going to be very deep and dark. And I was, I got the suggestions the other day around the table. Now this is what you don't, you don't ask your race team for suggestions because the <laughs> suggestions were uh, skid marks, no, oh, no. Bur- burnout, no. no. So anyway, we ended up looking. I got this cool piece from American Express, this little uh, carbon fiber wallet. And I was looking at it, and it's like, there it is. We're going to name it Carbon. Carbon. And I'm putting yeah. a big piece of carbon fiber on the on the label. But uh, the gift boxes have been a big rage. And now what we're doing is we're doing them in single packs. So I have one that looks like carbon fiber. And when you open it up, the bottle's inside and I have a little opener in there, a really quite quality opener. Yeah. And then we sell them with like one pack with two glasses. And just trying to think of just people taking the shopping experience off of their, their plate. If they can go onto our website and buy any number of things and half your Christmas is done, uh, we're like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> this is brilliant. I think it's cool. And, you know, what's going to be fantastic about this, and I'll put links to the website so all you listeners can go and make orders of these things, is when we all come out of this pandemic, we all need to get together and share our friendships, share time with people, and there's no better way to do it with a wonderful, spectacular glass of wine. So this is brilliant what you're doing. We're going to take a short break, thank our sponsors here, and we're going to be back. I want to talk a little bit about this new winery you're building. So sit tight. We're coming right back. Great. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, 
thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. All right, we are back. We've got the bottles of wine here. I want you to share what's going on with this uh, new groundbreaking and this new winery and the state-of-the-art facility that you tease us with a little early on. What can we expect to be coming down the road here? Yeah, I have, I have a wonderful group of, they were car friends, partners, you know, big brothers on the playground that came to me years ago and said, you know, we'd like to be involved in the wine business as, a, as an investment. And uh, they were asking me to kind of check one out for them. And we kept looking and I told them, nah, I don't do that. Nah, I don't do that. But then they asked me, what are you and Deborah going to do? And I was, we were right at an inflection point of, you know, I've done everything I can do. They keep going back and banging my head against the wall. And, and at that level, in GT3 level in motorsports, I'm like, well, I'm thinking about maybe, yeah. So they gave me a task, come back to us with a plan. And so it took a, it took a year. I looked all over knowing I probably had some people behind me. You know, you first go to Napa and you go to Sonoma and you have these big dreams. But the problem is, you know, we're doing this for profit and, mm-hmm. and for business venture. And uh, in all cases, I'm just going, there's just no way you want to come up here. Place is so restrictive. Tasting rooms close at five o'clock. There's one more driveway you got to turn up and compete with that guy's cave. Right. And so but I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the middle of what was, it's like, the girl who you looked over and now you realize that's the best one of all. <laughs> it's, 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 it's right here in Petaluma. The city has gone through a huge economic redevelopment. It always had kind of a cowboy Western flair to it. Yeah. And it used to be a, a port town, everything from when there's no Golden Gate Bridge, everything was offloaded here to, to go north. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you used to drive by it. Now it's got an economic development downtown redone, beautiful theater district, um, an old world feel. We have our current tasting room down there because we wanted to kind of get involved with the community. And it's right in the old mill building. It's literally the old mill building. Nice. You can see where they used to milk stuff. So I was looking around. I talked to a couple of the city fathers, just kind of vetting the idea. And everybody was super game to bring the winery to Petaluma, where, you know, Napa or Sonoma could, could give a rat's ass. And, of course, love the areas, but just we wanted to make a difference. Yeah. And so it all came into focus. Um, there was a little piece of property that was not owned by one of the two big developers, owned by a couple of old Italian brothers. It was right on the waterfront. It was an old repair garage. Cool. And after uh, many, many Thursday coffees, um, we got them in contract <laughs> and bought the property. And again, that was almost five years ago. And now, clean sheet of paper. Well, what am I going to do? Yeah. And so I, did, I designed a, um, it's a 16,000 square foot entertainment complex. There you go. It's got a 40 foot opening doors in the tasting room. The tasting room is very warm, almost the southwestern feel to it. Goes out to the fire pits and right there on the, on the deck and the, you know, people are kayaking by. Nice. We've got a big pizza oven station next door outside. And then there's a big banquet facility because little did I know Petaluma doesn't have any banquet space. We had one of the city, uh, kind of one of the important city fathers. I'll leave it, uh, I'll leave it, uh, anonymous invested with us locally mm-hmm. and knew we were going to kill it. So, um, that helped guide us through the thing. We we're able to get um, everything approved, not because of that, but everything approved because the city was very keen on all the ideas. And we're open till nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock on the weekends. And so um, we bought it. Uh, we got the plans. I hired an architect to kind of finish off everything. And we are just about to break ground. And wow. it's going to be awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the closest, closest to San Francisco. Um, and all the things that people are doing now worried about up in the wine world, uh, you know, north of us, are how are we going to get uh, how are we going to get people to like we want to be part of this authenticity thing? What are right. we going to do? And, and how are we going to get people to drive way up here? Our tasting traffic is down, and 
And what about the millennials? And I'm like in the back of the room when they're all hearing them say this at the conference last year. And I'm going, uh, check, check, check. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we've got all these boxes checked and, you know, we're right in the middle where, you know, and for the listeners, what I had to do, I couldn't help myself. My original architects were like, are you crazy? And I'm like, you guys don't get it. Yeah. We're putting in a motorsports museum that is pretty good size. It's attached to Whoa. the base room on one side and the cool. bank room on the other. And when you walk in it, you go from a cool, old, southwestern feel winery to immediately into flat screens and black floors. And there are four simulators, and there's all, we're trying to move over a lot of our trophy and collateral stuff over there. Mm-hmm. But I think the key component is we are building a very good stretch of 31-degree banking of Daytona with two cars on it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so oh, my gosh. It's going to be <laughs> properly lit, really nice, and uh, you know, just kind of representing what has been a big part of our world and our culture. Yeah. I think the key is people don't know how steep 31 degrees is. Yeah. I mean, you drive it, and you don't, you, whatever. When you walk up to it, yes. you go, oh, my God. <laughs> I guess so. And it's shocking. Well, for you listeners that are going, why is Mark talking about wine on cars? Yeah, now you know why. I had to have Kevin come back and talk about what he's doing at Adobe Road because, you know what, i tell you what, Kevin, once that thing is up and running, I think one of my first trips after this lockdown pandemic is I'm going to take my wife down to San Francisco, pick up my son, his fiance, and we're going to drive up there and have some fun and drink some wine Let's and look it. at cars. Woo-hoo! Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be well, cool. Think about that, Mark. The car culture, all of our cool friends, even the listeners here, everything about it, the local Porsche club, the Ferrari club, the Aston guys, you know, the you know, car releases, they're looking for places do the new release of a you yeah, know a, you a Lexus or a Bentley or whatever every we check every box here yeah. and so I get to play into exactly what I love and the wonderful people that we've met along the way tie it back to racing and tie it back to motorsports and cars and uh. The world that you love and the world that I love, and I, you know, we get to be sort of proudly representing it here in the North Bay. Yeah, win, win, win. Let's talk a little bit about the wine club. We talked about that earlier, but I want you to talk a little bit more about what's it called, what's it all about. We call it, we call it the inside track, is the name of the wine club. And <laughs> surprise, uh, surprise. You know, we started it when we, yeah, surprise, surprise. We realized years ago it was going to be hard getting originally through the distributor market, so we went the other way, went hardcore DTC, direct to consumer. We give everyone in the wine club gets first crack. So good wines that are small, under 100 cases, wine club only. Uh, individual things like the discount structure is kind of set up. We're not a discounter, but we do give a 15, 20, and 25% discount. And it's kind of on a cool sliding scale. You can earn it by the longevity you've been in the club, or you can do you can jump the line by the size of the, of the of order. The order. You there you go. We ship quarterly. You can do you know two bottles all the way to 12 bottles. And we are the coolest club because I'm a member of many clubs that my wife is always trying to get me to drop out of. <laughs> and I always tell my team, I said, you do not want to be that last guy. So we're going to make sure that we are always innovative, even to the point of like, we just sent out our wine club form and we, we give people a chance to A, they can change their stuff. So you're not forced to get anything. We only make really, really good stuff. But in the old days, you'd buy a case of crap to get the two bottles you wanted of something good. So we don't do any of that. And then also giving people the right to maybe put their club on hold for a quarter if they want. Things aren't going so well around Christmas. You need to save the money. No problem. We're not going to penalize you for that. Just come back when you can. And so for that reason, we just have a lot of members and we have a lot of really happy members. And um, when the new winery opens, the entire upstairs is dedicated to the club. It's all VIP stuff upstairs Uh, looking over the water. So it'll be kind of fun. Absolutely brilliant. All right. Well, we're going to come into what I call the last lap here, Kevin. I do this on every show. This one's going to be a little different, of course, because we're talking wines today. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and have you give us some quick pops of the cork as we go. One or two sentence answered. So here's the first one. 
There you go. Uh, what's one key element of creating great wine? Yeah, I'd say the winemaker, and in our case, the collaboration between myself and the winemaker. I mean, because there's you have to start with the good stuff. You know, good. You can't start with a bad car, right? Uh, bad, bad engine. You got to have good grapes, so you have good, good connections. Just assuming you have all that, at that point, what do you do with it? Again, back to motorsports. You might have money. You might have a brand new Porsche they just sold you. But now, what do you do with it? Is the key. So, yeah. having a great winemaker, having a great um, some sort of strategy there is important. Absolutely. What's your favorite wine? Uh, as a varietal or yeah, uh, yeah. a brand? Well, we know the brand. <laughs> well, I'm not going to yeah, ask you that well, question. <laughs> well, I have, a, I have a pretty good sized cellar, so a lot of that's not my Adobe Road down there. But yeah. I enjoy. I learn. I love. I love buying everyone yeah, else's yeah. wine and learning and tasting. Now I can convince my wife that when that big order comes in, she doesn't get mad at me. I said, "Honey, it's research. It's research. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good <laughs> trick. Know? That's a nice trick. You know, I still cabs the king. You know, I I default to a Pinot when I come home a lot of times. I even like some of the things going on up in the Oregon area. Area with those, I, I like anything that's sort of trailblazing or cutting edge. I love seeing our car culture all the way down to North Carolina. You know, Richard Childress making wine out there, and and uh, you know, it's never a competition. I mean, it's hard to compete with the the climate here. So you don't ask how do they compare. You you just say that's so cool that you guys are you know getting the wine culture going in North Carolina or Virginia or Texas. So I like to stay up on whatever's happening new. Absolutely. What advice would you give somebody who? isn't a wine expert, but they enjoy wine and they want to learn more about wine. What's a, a piece of advice you give for somebody about selecting the best wine to drink? Yeah, I kind of resist the temptation that just go for the labels. I mean, ours are attractive, but the wine backs it up. Um, just And don't ever be intimidated. You know, it's not one of those, oh, I, do you smell the pine cones <laughs> and the grapefruit? Yes. Oh, you know, what was the more, soil more that grape grew in? Um, no, there's none of that. And people have really gone away from that. At least we do. We try to make people comfortable. We're doing all these virtual tastings. I'm doing one this Saturday night, and uh, we that's just been really popular for us. But my winemaker and I, I think it's been successful because, you know, we ham it up like the old days of Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon, but we're talking also wine speak. We talk about the varietals. We talk about what people like. They ask questions. So for someone to get into the business, I'd say kind of maybe decide on what your palate's like. You like lighter? Or you like white or red? Mm -hmm. You like lighter? Do you like heavier? And then start to purchase some stuff. Maybe not so expensive just to learn what the differences are and drill down on it. Again, Wine Spectator is a great resource. Robert Parker's Wine Advocate is a great resource to learn. Those are the two big ones. Yeah. And um, you can you can keep your budget down pretty good or you can spend a small fortune. You well, of course. Whatever you want. But one thing it does do, it brings awesome people together, just like in the car world. Well, tell me a little bit about this virtual tasting online. How can my listeners partake in this? Because again, we're still kind of locked down here. And I, this is, a, you know, people are coming up with these brilliant ways to engage. So tell me about this virtual tasting. Well, you just gave me a good idea, Mark, yeah. but I'll tell you how it works and I'll throw the idea at okay. you. Okay. So when when we got locked down, now we got to reinvent ourselves and through digital, you know, find a digital superiority here in some way. But people are now, you know, having these virtual tastings, and I'm, you know, I'm watching, trying to study competitive, you know, competitive yeah. again, yeah. and what the other wineries are doing. Some of the big guys, you know, they get a rep on there that talks about the wine, and it's like a Facebook Live or an Instagram, so it's just a one-way conversation. And after a couple of those, it's kind of boring. And so I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. I'll, I'll put myself out there. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we, we used to be, we'd throw the wines up there, and then we'd have a package people can buy. And it would give them a week. We try to keep it kind of tight because I don't think anybody's planning out four weeks right now. So sure. we would advertise on Monday morning, and you have all week to purchase those wines, and you can buy two bottles, three bottles, four bottles. 
We usually make like a little package deal, or if you're a member of the wine club, you get your discount. And then here comes Saturday night, and um, we would get together, open it up on Zoom, and everybody pops in, introduce everybody, and then one by one, we go through the wines and talk about them, talk about the color, the flavor, the varietals. And for those serious wine groups, that was really great. But what I started to realize is, wow, there's a lot more out there. I'm fishing in the same wine bucket as everyone else. Why don't I come and fish over here in this wonderful car bucket? Yeah. So now, like last week, we, we tipped our hat to the Long Beach Grand Prix. We're supposed to be racing there last weekend. Shame. Yeah. With my history of you know loving the Grand Prix mm-hmm. and my friend Jim McCallion is the president. So um, And we won it last year. So I wow. asked Jim, I said, Jim, would you come on the Zoom with us? And he said, sure. So Greg Gill, the president of the SRO series, would you come on? The- sure. So Lynn St. James, our friend, she was, she's a wine, <laughs> yeah. she's like, sure. So we ended up having a great little panel of people that were all relevant to that particular event. And then in that, we interspersed some of the wine talk. Nice. We're doing it this, uh, this Saturday night with uh, uh, the F1 statistician, Sean Kelly, and a, a really great car group called 100 Octane. So we've been, and then we get a call. Someone says, Hey, I, me and my 12 friends want to do it, yep. you know, just out in DC. So we're doing an, a surprise birthday party. We're doing for someone. The wife gave me all 20 names and they bought 20 <laughs> packages. And the husband's going to be walking by the, uh, the, um, the computer next week. She's going to go, honey, come here, check this out. Click. And everyone's on their screen. Surprise. Yeah, and we cool. do a wine tasting together. Yeah. So um, my idea, Mark, for you uh-huh. is why don't we do one for Cars Yeah? Ooh. I'll put Ooh. a I'll put a program together. I love it. You get to be the moderator as usual. All we right. can bring in some of your favorite guests from the past, okay. maybe a couple of good draws that are tie back in, and then I can I can put a package of wine out there, give a little package for the listeners. Um, they get the wines in front of them. We go live on Zoom. We have a little happy hour together. I love it. All right. Well, listeners, listen, uh, pay attention to my social media. Uh, we'll pick a day to do this. Uh, it's always Saturday night, so we'll pick a time to do this. I-, I think it's fantastic. I think we'll have some fun. I appreciate that. We're going to do that. Kevin, you've taken us on another great ride. And again, I'll remind listeners, if you missed my show with Kevin yesterday, go back and listen to it because we talk about the racers group and his racing history. Wonderful show. This one, of course, has been a little different, but I'm fired up about this. We'll do the Saturday night tasting group. You know, when it comes to great wines, would you give us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you walk off into the vineyards there at Adobe Road Winery? Sure. Drink what you like. You know, you figure out you like something, don't let someone else force your hand. I mean, how many times someone stuck a stinky old burgundy in front of me and said, <laughs> you like this? It's from 1956 from the blah, blah. And I'm like, no, it smells like dirty socks, man. Get it out of here. <laughs> so, you know, I like, uh, pick what you like. If you like that kind of, uh, you know, gamey sort of erythral nose on a Pinot Noir from Oregon, or if you find out that you like fruit forward, more Zinfandel style wines, don't let people bully you around it. Just do what you like. And if you're a big cab guy, try a Syrah because they're big, but you know, test the varietal and then what you like, what you like. You know, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Very cool. And uh, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Adobe Road Winery? Sure. It's adoberoadwines.com. And uh, within that, you can toggle between all three websites. You've got the racers group for what's going on in our car world. Mm-hmm. It's a little slow right now. Uh, you've got the racing series, the new racing series, and that's got the racing series wines.com. But at adoberoadwines.com, you can go there and also can show you what events are coming up. And, you know, we're continuing to develop our digital strategies and getting yep. a little bit better here. So, yeah, yeah really cool. Uh, absolutely. Listeners, again, you can find links to everything on Kevin's show notes page on the Cars website. 
just go there, type in Kevin Buckler. That page will pop up. Um, again, listen to the show we had yesterday and start watching social media here. I also do a email blast. So if you haven't signed up to receive my emails, go to the carsyad.com website, click on the free book button. I'll send you my free filler up book. Your name will be there and you receive a notice about this tasting night we're going to do. I am so excited. This is so much yeah, fun. That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah, this is going to be great. Kevin, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and all your enthusiasm. A toast to you and your team for creating a delicious glass of wine. Until you and I talk again and we're on live uh, sharing some of this wine, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. And thanks for the listeners for taking the time to listen. And I appreciate it. You're welcome. Cheers. Hey, Cars Yeah listener. We decided that the Cars yeah virtual tasting at Adobe Road is going to be May 23rd. So go to the Cars yeah website, go to Kevin's show notes page here, and I'll have a link there to how you can sign up and be a part of this. We're going to have some fun. May 23rd, virtual wine tasting with Mark Green at Cars yeah and Kevin Buckler at Adobe Road and all the fun people that'll partake in this great adventure. I hope you join us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.